Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking to you, the the gardeners of northern Arizona, the high country, the mountains of Arizona, and it's totally different than the southern half of the state. So uh, Kingman, Payson, White Mountains, Williams, Prescott, Flagstaff, Sedona, we're all sort of in this same area. We have the same kind of plants. Yeah, the wind can vary. I mean, we Prescott Valley and Kingman, they just get more wind. Uh, the ridge lines like Groom Creek and Highland Pines and Flagstaff and Williams and White Mountains, you get more snow. You're zone cooler. Uh, Sedona, Cottonwood, Camp Verde, you all think you're warmer, but really that cold air spills out over those ridge lines and settles in on you. Really, you're the same as Prescott. You're the same as Prescott Valley, Kirkland, Skull Valley. Uh, so we're all pretty much a zone seven, plus or minus a zone. So a zone seven is we need plants that can go down to zero degrees, zero five degrees, somewhere in there. Zone 6-5, you folks up in the ridge lines, you need plants that can go down to uh, minus 10, 15 degrees. You folks that are a little bit more tempered, let's say it's uh, a Jerome. you got that east-facing hill that you're dealing with. Those areas, maybe you're zone 8. Uh, Spring Valley, Cortis Junction, Dewey, Mayer, you all are pretty much a zone 8. But really, we all grow beautiful lilacs. They can't do that in Phoenix or Tucson. We do that up here. We grow fruit trees better than they dreamed of. We can't grow citrus. We don't do palm trees so much, but we grow great apples and cherries and apricots and nectarines and pears. My mouth's just watering thinking about them. We grow better grapes, better uh, berries than they do because it's just so hot. Up here, yeah, it can get up to 100 degrees. Yeah, it can be, you know, 8% humidity and there's some wind. But but really, you need chilling hours. A lot of these blooming things, uh, forsythia, lilac, quince, rhododendrons, azaleas, uh, hydrangeas, they all grow up here in the right place, but they need the chilling hour. They need to get cold in the winter in order to rest enough to regenerate then to come back each spring and bloom. Phoenix, Tucson, Casa Grande, those southern parts of the state, the hot parts of the state, the zone 9, 10, 11, 12s, these are like, uh, I live 10 miles from the sun. What are plants that can take that kind of heat? That's what the, that's what the deserts are. Up here, we're, we're kinder, milder. Yeah, we got some snow a couple weeks ago, but it, it's melted off pretty much. Yeah, it gets hot in the summer, but then it cools off in the evening. You need plants that can can perform like that. So our USDA zone, that's the national, how cold can the plant go kind of zone. That's the national rating. We're pretty much going to be a zone seven. So I've helped quite a few customers for, uh, this week from Paulden and Chino Valley to, to uh, Dewey, Prescott Valley. We get folks coming in from Kingman. They're coming to the VA. And they stop by. So we're kind of on that route, kind of in and out of town. Love you folks over there. 
Uh, we'll get folks from all over coming to Trader Joe's and Costco. There's, it's kind of a shopping center area. So it seems like the Verde Valley area. So don't they seem to come here and then we'll see them. They'll drop in and, and say hi, buy a plant. We're all going to be the same zone, the same kind of plants. So I, I've had several folks going, yeah, but I live in, in uh, you know, Prescott Valley. Uh, aren't I different? Aren't, aren't, don't I have a different? They won't grow out there. I'm going, yeah, we're, we're kind of all the same. Yeah, your wind, your soil is different. That's different. So heavy clay caliche, that 69 corridor all the way from Prescott, all the way out to Cordes Junction, that's pretty rough. That's that caliche, that white chalky layer of, of soil that you see when you see a road cut. You'll see this big white layer. That's caliche. It's basically cement in the ground. You got to pick through that and make it to where, where it will breathe or, or drain or, or perk better. But that's the real difference. It's not the temperature. It's, it's not the sun. We all have sun. It's what's the soil variance going to be. And so that's the real difference. Then you'll get into, am I a north, south, east, or west facing hill? That's why Jerome and those, those east sides, east facing hills, yeah, it can get cold at night, but it warms up really quick. That sun comes up and just radiates and warms the soil and your plants feel that. And so that's a pretty kind kind of sun. Very kind. It kind of mitigates or, or balances out the nighttime temperatures. The north facing, like uh, Lisa and I, we live on a north facing slope overlooking the Dells. And there's still snow in the backyard just because it never sees the sun, the winter sun is never seen. During the growing season, it's beautiful back there. Oh, it's cool. It's that's where we host our parties. We go it, it's a big house so it cuts the wind, doesn't get the sun. It's just even in the middle of June and it's 95 degrees and it's just dry and hot. It's beautiful back there in that back patio. In the winter, okay, it's a little bit colder. So you need plants that can adapt to that. That that has less less sun in the winter, but you know what? Plants don't need a lot of sun in the winter. That's not the growing season. What you want is more sun. You want at least really six hours plus of sun. That's considered full sun in the mountains of Arizona. Uh, that's what a rose needs, six hours plus. That's what a fruit tree needs, six hours plus. Going to grow grapes, zinnia flowers, geranium. You want six hours plus. That's considered full sun. And it's because of the altitude. We're up here so high. Shoot, everyone that's tuned in here is probably 3,000 plus foot up in the air. Uh, Prescott's kind of that mile high city, more like Denver kind of thing. You folks up in the hilltops, you're up 7,000 foot. So that's pretty bright. That's very bright, intense sunlight. So uh, you folks from the Midwest where it took, you know, full sun's considered all day long to get enough sun for something to bloom well, here it takes less hours just because it's more intense. It's, it, we're, we're closer. There's less. We're just closer up to, to God's country. Just we're closer to the heavens. It just gets brighter. And so you want plant. The opposite is true. Just on that same thought, that same vein, uh, you folks from California, or we're, we're uh, northwest, where the Japanese maples just grow out there in full sun. You read the tag and it says, grows in full sun, it's beautiful, and it will grow in full sun here in the mountains of Arizona. You just won't like it. It's ugly. I mean, the tips will burn. It, just, it struggles. It can do it, but it's just the dryness and the intense sun 
just gets those plants to grow, they struggle. So out over in other parts of the country, grows out there all day long in full sun. Here, you kind of want to give it some, some protection. So a Japanese maple will grow in your backyard beautifully, as long as you give it some midday protection. So it's not going to like Payson, where it's just, it's June, 92 degrees, 10% humidity, and it's just bright and intense, brand new foliage coming up. It can burn on you. So you, 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 the leaves will burn back. It'll look like you took a big lighter to it. It's just because it's struggling. Yeah, but I watered enough. It's not that. Those plants perspire faster than the roots can actually take up the moisture that you gave it. It just literally cannot keep up. It's, it's sweating so much so that the leaves will start to burn back. You put it on the east side of your house. Oh, it's a beautiful plant. Even the north side. Some bright, a bright uh, landscape area with the north side of a, let's say, trees. Oh, it'll be the most stunning, beautiful plant you've ever seen. Just got to put it in the right place. And so that'll be the difference. That's what new folks kind of, that's called gardening, just learning where things go and how it, how it changes. So put it in the right place in your yard. The best thing you can do right now for your landscape is feed everything in the yard. Are those blooming things, give it some fruit and vegetable food. It's a good rounded, it makes, brings the flowers out, the brightness out. For your evergreens, it's going to really appreciate a 744 all-purpose plant food. It is really important to fertilize everything in the yard before they wake up in spring. So now, by between now and the end of March. You should fertilize everything from the lawn to the to the perennials to the trees to the shrubs to the evergreens to the, fertilize everything it'll be a game changer as things wake up uh, as, as spring ignites in the next couple of weeks really is what's going to happen got a lot in store for you but lisa waters lane's coming in with your garden questions after this you've been listening to the mountain gardener with ken lane owner of waters garden center in prescott Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Peony, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Calgary Carpet Juniper. Calgary Carpet Juniper shows rich green mounds of juniper beauty that grows ankle high for the perfect ground cover. An ideal choice for low water, low care erosion control on natural banks or to soften that rock lawn. The perfect green nestled between boulders or to soften the top edge of a retaining wall. Shop for these juniper beauties in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? I think there's some value in that. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Good to be here. So it's been, uh, the, the snow has melted? 
it's gone. Customers oh, are, yeah. well, piles are there, but yeah, <laughs> who cares about piles? But it's uh, mainly just customers. Gardeners mm-hmm. are, and I can't believe the number of people in houseplants. The houseplant oh, yeah. uh, room, we put this brand new houseplant, a huge space. And, and there's a weakness in the marketplace. You can go to any grocery store, or any drug store. Everyone, everyone's got a houseplant, but it's like a pothos or some basic thing. But no one's got euphorbias or cacti that are tall, southwestern floor plants. No one has a good selection of floor plant. That is, mm-hmm. It's tall enough to be in a room that has 14-foot ceilings right. and a big space. No one does that because it doesesn't make sense in retail to carry those. Mm-hmm. Because they don't turn as fast or more expensive. They're just got to put more inventory dollars in. It's just, it's harder to retail. They just want that cheap thing in front that just turns all day long and one cabinet full of whatever. And that's it. So there's a weakness. We thought, you know what? We can do this. We've got the facility, we got the expertise, and people are coming. If you build it, they look. <laughs> What's that movie? Is that Kevin Cosner? Yeah, what's the uh, name of the movie? I can't remember the name of the movie, but yeah. I think it's called uh, If You Build It, They Will Come. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, yeah. Field of Dreams. <laughs> You're dating yourself, honey, just a little bit. Was that 90s or 80s was or that 70s? Like one of his first movies when he was still so. young. And <laughs> Great movie still, still worthwhile. Definitely. Dream, dream big, sure. and they will come. Mm-hmm. I'm Very stunned true. at the ages of people. I mean, it's All lots of families. Yeah. Lots of old, I mean, just a mixture, guys, mm-hmm. gals, families. It's just, we're seeing a whole bunch of folks coming in, right. just perusing. Mm-hmm. It's something to do, I think, partly. Partly. So. Plus, I think they just, people really want greenery, something to yeah. touch and care for in their homes. Yeah, so. probably so. And we certainly have it, and we have beautiful pottery to go with it. So. Yeah, that is. There's nice. a tie-in with pottery. Like mm-hmm. That's another one, pottery. There's a weakness. There's no nice stylish mm-hmm. uh, houseplant size pots. There's plastic, some cheesy stuff. And there's no big resort size, big home size mm-hmm. pots. There's a little in between they've got. You'll find that everywhere. Yeah. But it's hard to find stylish small pots or mm-hmm. stylish big pots. And so we I kind of filled that. a gallon yesterday. She was looking at her pots and she goes, well, now normally I go down to Scottsdale for pottery. <laughs> I have a place I like. She goes, but I think yours is better. Yeah, <laughs> so. I would agree. It yeah. is. It's beautiful colors, beautiful sheens. Uh, I don't think you can beat it anywhere. We'll call us Scottsdale North. No, we won't. We'll no. call us us. About, we are us. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. Those <laughs> flatlanders trying to outstyle <laughs> us. Grrr. Anyway, garden. we should share one garden thing that's been yes. happening. Spider mites on houseplants. Just while we're, before we answer, that might be one mm-hmm. of your questions, but it's so prevalent. If your houseplants inside your house look dusty, kind of dirty, dry, uh, that might have some webbing. Spider mites are, are taking over right now. We're seeing this very prevalent. Mm-hmm. If you see that, come in right away because they will kill your plant. If it looks dirty at all, I mean, give it a bath, do those things, but it, but it looks dusty right away again, come see us right away. This is serious. Probably you're going to put a systemic on and spritz it with a neem oil and it'll solve your problems. But don't ignore it because oh, they no. will devour your plants. Rather quickly. Yep. Very true. No, that is not one of our questions, but we have many fine other questions. Mm, <laughs> fine question. We must fine be getting close to spring. We are. You can tell. <laughs> so Tom is new to the area and new to fruit trees. Yeah. So he wants to put in fruit trees. And his question is, what on earth do they mean by chill hours? Mm. And second question is, can he plant right now? Or is yeah. it too early? 
Those are good questions. He's really getting deep into the weeds. So he's really got, I could do a whole show on just chill hours and, and zones mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But chill hours, what that really is, it's how many, how much cold does a tree need to have before it triggers a bloom cycle? So a desert variety might only need 150, 200, 300 chill hours, and it's ready to bloom, just like that. So it's programmed. It's within the structure of the plant. It's the DNA of the plant. In the mountains of Arizona, you want a long chill hour. You want it to bloom as late in spring as possible. And even then, you're at risk. Mm -hmm. And so apples and pears typically have 1,000, 1,200, you know, anywhere from 800 to 1,200 chill hours. They're the last ones to bloom. A peach... It blooms earlier. All peaches bloom before all apples, and so it might only need 600, 700, 800 chill hours. I would say don't have any, don't plant a fruit tree that needs, that has under 600, 500, 600 chill hours, or you just, you've got a desert variety. It's not, a, it'll be pretty, won't affect it, but it'll never fruit for you. So that's where you want to do your homework. And the other one, just to help them out, oh, yes, you can plant now. Go ahead, do it, do it now. Do it before they bloom and, and leaf out. So that one's easy. But also help while you're talking to professionals, is this the right variety for here? Say, do, it, does it need a pollinator? Do I need more than one? Because you want to get that right. Definitely. And if you get it wrong, you have this beautiful tree. <laughs> it'll bloom, but no fruit. Right. That's an indication of wrong pollination. So fruit trees are one. You really want to do your homework. You don't want to just go off to a box and go, I'm going to take this apple. Yeah, put it in the ground. It may or may not work for you. Right. So age, there's different variables. So mm -hmm. anyway, that's as far as I want to go into that question. <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> next. All righty. Uh, so Sarah would like to know, is it still, does she still have time to put out wildflower seed or has she missed that window? Oh, no, Sarah, you're fine. Yeah, go for it. In fact, put it down, pray for more snow because that's what wildflowers really like. Mm -hmm. And it looks like we might get, we'll, we'll have potential for snow through March. Oh, easily. Potentially April, and then it just kind of gets, it could chill, it could frost, but no more snow. I've seen so, it snow Mother's yeah, Day weekend. Yeah, I've a local snow. can see that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if, I, if I've lived here forever, You've seen uh, I've all. seen that, but <laughs> rare, that's not the norm. It is pretty rare. That's not the norm. So that's put it true. out. I would say if you can put it out by the end of March, you're good to go. So that's one. Come in, get the right mix. Mm -hmm. We've got several different, we custom make our mixes. And then ask for the how to plant wildflower handout. Mm -hmm. We'll get that for you. I think that'll be a game changer for you. And it just says all that. The dates tells you how to put it out, how to keep the birds off, how to ensure proper germination rate. It's a one-sheet page, 8.5 by 11. It just helps you. Yeah. It comes free with every purchase of, we want you to be successful. We oh, want you true. to succeed. Yeah, and doing it right is huge. Doing Soil, pro whatever, whatever you're planting, growing, that preparation is huge. It's everything. I, I'm writing an article right now on, on peony. Ooh. Peony can live in the same spot for up to 70 years. You are kidding me. You really, really, really want to prepare that area properly. I would say trees are the same way. Really right. prepare it well so it can live that. So it can, it can outlive you. Right. in your home in that space preparations everything i agree i agree okay time for one more quick question so barb was in she said i planted several barberry last spring uh they look horrible they look yeah. like sticks somebody <laughs> told me that that's how they're supposed to look that they're just dormant is that correct no well yeah they, they're fine don't worry about it 
Right now, the best thing you can do for Barberry, they should look like sticks with barbs all over them. Thus, Barberry. So it's, it's, that's their name for a reason. Um, they have interesting structure. They're really pretty when you downlight them, uplight them, when you light them at night. They're beautiful. Um, but what, to, what they're going to look like that in the winter. Um, if you fertilize them, if barberries, I would use the 744 all-purpose fertilizer. That's the food for barberries, all that summer blooming kind of stuff. They're going to thrive with that. But if you put that on there, water it in or have a rainstorm. Looks like we might have a little event happening this week. We'll Fingers see. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great if we could. If you could put your fertilizer down before that rain or snow comes, that's ideal. And then it's going to be soil temperature as soon as the soil temperature gets to a certain level it'll just automatically just ignite just like that and so prepare it so that when it does leaf out and barberries do leaf early they're one of the first things to form their foliage they've got a little flower to it they're a pollinator they're a great plant for you very robust very hardy but they are if we get a real mild winter, they can hold their foliage. Most, if you get cold at all, if you like, we've been eight degrees at our house. Yeah. Um, it's going to defoliate. It'll be deciduous, mm-hmm. lose its foliage. So, right. but it's not dead. No, don't not dead. Be not at all. That out of the ground. Yeah, don't at least, <laughs> even if it is dead, fertilize it and try. You've, you're right here at the cusp of, of the start of growing season. See if it'll come out of it. They'll fool you many times. All right, great questions this week. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. It's almost spring. Time to grow a pear. A pear tree, that is. Late winter is ideal for planting fruit trees, and Waters Garden Center has cherry-picked the hardiest, heaviest producing trees from our most trusted growers. From apples to apricots and persimmons to pears, the Garden Center is plumb full of varieties that thrive in our mountain soil. And we'll even plant them for you. We believe life is a bowl of cherries, so grow the best ones ever from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companions of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Pinion Pines, and Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley is a gorgeous shrub that loves growing in the summer shade. This bold evergreen delights with dramatic, fiery growth in spring. Fragrant wedding cake layers of white flowers hover on graceful, arching stems. Each dainty flower is utterly detestable to deer and javelina. Shop the most perennial shrubs in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. I have got to give a ginormous shout out to three of my team members. Just, I'm so proud of them. They just received their ACNP, Arizona Certified Nursery Professional Degree or Diploma or, or Certification. This is this is kind of like uh, the bar if you're an attorney. It's, it's a four-hour intense, crazy test. You've got to know Latin. You better be talking about the plants in Latin, not their common name. Once you, you, be, you should be able to describe it, design a landscape around it. You got to know all the bugs and fertilizers. It's pretty intense. It's, it's very few people actually 
get this certification as a horticulturalist. This is You have to work in the industry for at least two years, a garden center, botanical garden, landscaping, something like that. So it's, it's professionals. Um, and then you got to go through all of this training on, on how to pass even the test. And then you take the test. And, and to give it, so Amy uh, Langley, Michelle Hyatt, and Doug Arthur, they, they both three passed this intense test. Um, it's rare that a garden center has one person that has an Arizona certified nursery professional uh, certification. We've got five. So, of course, the owners, we, Lisa and I are both certified, but now three more coming online. It's just unheard of for garden centers. But to identify the plants, this is how crazy this is. Uh, they passed their test back in January, so like four or five weeks ago, and uh, the plants were dormant, and they're, IDing, they're identifying plants by their bark. These are twigs in a bucket. They're going, oh, yeah, this is a forsythia. Here's a botanical name, and here's how you design with it. I don't know how they went. They, I'm so proud of them. You just did so good. And so the team and I, we, we had a party for them on Thursday. In fact, our association, the Arizona Nursery Association, held a virtual party for them gave them high accolades. These are garden centers all over the, the Arizona, um, said kudos. Main, another reason, uh, Amy and Michelle, they both tied. I don't know how they did it. This is a four-part test. And they didn't get the same score all the way through, but when you blended their two, all four parts of these tests, they both got the exact same score. I, I've never seen that happen. And... They got the highest uh, degree in the state. They were they were they were the highest students or or professionals to get this degree. So, kudos. They, they, it was so exciting, so unusual that the the association got together and said, "Kudos, well done." So, Amy and Michelle, well done. Proud of all three of you. Doug, not putting you down at all. Just letting you know, very proud of you. Enough to have we had the entire team come into the garden center after hours, virtual. And we just had a festive party. It was just great. You know, another thing that's interesting or, or encouraging, kind of the entire staff is going through and getting our vaccine now for their COVID vaccine. And I tell you, when you have all the people around you has, it's going through this process, it helps you together to, to go through it. And then you work better together. So remember before COVID, you just love getting together and we're kind of a huggy touchy-feely kind of company where it's just the way we are. We, we like dogs. We like kids, people. We just, we just like people. And so to not be able to do that, it affects you. It just, it, I don't know how to explain that, but it just affects how you want to connect and be with people. And so now we're all going through getting this vaccine. It just, you can let your guard down. You can't let your guard down. I know you folks are going to send me emails. Please don't. I already know to be safe. Please, come on. We've been doing this for over a year now. But you can not let your guard down, but you can be more friendly, I guess. You have to live in paranoia. You can, not the guard. I don't know how to explain that, but it's just, it's just better. I don't know. You know, you're hearing this uh, whole thing in the, the country. We should have a $15 an hour minimum wage. We should at $15 an hour. We should have this. Why are we, we've been at $15 an hour for a year now. So in fact, our, that's our minimum. It actually goes up closer to 20. 
That's just good to hire really good people that are professionals that want to go after certifications that that want to be involved, engaged, and parts and feel like ownership. And first of all, it's not the pay. You have to give them respect and treat them like an equal, a peer, even at the ownership level, the management level. This top-down top hierarchy stuff, that doesn't work in today's culture, especially with millennials, the younger folks. I don't even like that. I'm a end of the tail end of the boomers. I, I, I treat people the way I like to be treated. And so folks, if you pay them well, treat them well, respect them, and I think your staff will stick around. In fact, we're hiring right now. We've got, I mean, my entire, even my seasonal folks come back because they just like working here. It's because they're treated with respect, dignity. Uh, I keep like mean customers, I take them. If you're really mean, I'll tell you to get out. I don't want you, don't treat my people like that. So you just protect your your people and you you watch after them, you treat them well. I think they want to get certified. But anyway, I don't, went around in a circle. Sorry, tangent. Uh, basically, well done, Amy, Michelle, and Doug. Very proud of you. You guys are awesome. And I know you're, you're plant professionals because you're running whole parts of my company for me. We have Lisa coming in with actual garden advice right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Peony. Your grandmother would fall in love with these larger peony with so many colors to choose from. There's nothing like the enormous flowers to add stunning pops of color. Endearing springtime blooms are more than fragrant with luscious double flowers. Shop the most perennial peonies in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week and just shares her garden thoughts, her garden opinions, just what what is she seeing as she walks the neighborhoods in her own gardens? I think there's some value to that. And plus, I just love hanging out with her in little rooms called studios. <laughs> you just make the place smell better, dear. Oh, well, I try. Yeah. If it's morning, we're pretty good. Yeah. At the end of the day, if I've loaded a few barnyard manures and some mulch, I, I might have an odor. Well, you know, you're married <laughs> to a guy that does that with you, so I don't know any better. I just still remember morning. It's all good to me. Sometimes you forget that you smell and you go <laughs> yeah. someplace like to a grocery store or somebody's house and you're like, oh wait, that's me. <laughs> I think maybe you're a little overly sensitive uh, about no. selling manure for a living. No, I'm How not. do you feel about that? I'm perfectly happy with it. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know where are. I was going with that. I'm I just don't testing, know either. testing the waters. <laughs> 
So anyway, gardening, gardening, we should, yes. we should. Uh, so, hey, it's, it's an exciting time in a garden center because the trucks are starting to roll. Yeah. I love this time of year because there's so much to talk about as opposed to January when, uh, what do you talk about? I mean, we're closed Christmas through, <laughs> through New Year's, so, but we still got to yeah. produce a show. So I'm going, okay, well, uh, right. you're in your pajamas downstairs <laughs> putting a show together. Uh, <laughs> How do I make this exciting? <laughs> Christmas cactus. Okay. Sip more eggnog. <laughs> But this time of year, so we're starting to get, our trucks are starting to roll. We bring things, certain things in early because we want them to acclimate to our environment, right. our temperatures. So, you know, Oregon, California, they're a little warmer. So those things start to bud up early or bloom earlier. And we want them to bud and bloom here. So right. there's there's a lot of things that we bring in early. But there, there are things that are the spring bloomers. Now, we've talked frequently about how do you make your yard a four season yard so that it has interest every season of the year you know so it's not just only summertime or just winter so springtime I love springtime because there's just so many things popping and wanting to bloom and it's just it brings joy to your heart when you see things start to bloom in your neighborhoods and your yards so I thought I would talk about some of those spring bloomers that everybody should have at least two, three, four, maybe more in their <laughs> yards. So the title is Spring Bloomers That Bring Joy to Your Heart. Oh. I love that title. That's, that's pretty good. You're I might use that. You mind if I uh, write on that one? That'd be great. I don't know. You pay me copyright. We'll talk about hey, it. Hey, I'll pay you <laughs> how much you need. <laughs> so... With things that we've gotten in, of course, lilacs. Everybody, I, I thinks of lilacs. They always think of their grandmother and their lilacs. I don't know why that is, but I, I think know. it's a Everybody memory, knows. such a fond memory of your grandmother and their yeah. garden. Grandmother's garden back in the you day, know, and probably because there's smell, yeah, that goes along with it, so it just sticks in your head. So lilacs are just, I love the smell. I love the blossoms. We have a uh, angel white lilac on our side yard, yeah, and it's just. Oh, every year I go clip blossoms off and I bring them into the house and I enjoy them. Just so nice. Um, I think every yard should have a lilac. I'd say two or three because right. most yards are what quarter acre or more. Oh, yeah. Just you've got plenty of space. Plenty of space and that, for that them. fragrance comes in just as you open up the windows in yeah. spring. You can have that waft very of fragrance lovely. come in. Oh, and yeah. they're very, once they're established, very drought hardy. Very tough. Very easy to care for. Just really nice shrubs. So we got Sensation in. Um, and that one's a little different. That's why I mentioned it. It has kind of a purpley red blossom, but it has a white edge around the blossom. Variegation to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just a little more unique than you see in a lot of the lilacs. So very, very pretty one. Not, not the flower. The flower is variegated, not the yeah. foliage. Right. The, the flower, flower is actually variegated. Super mm -hmm. unusual, but has the fragrance. Oh, very much so. Yeah. So I thought I would mention that one for people who are looking for something different in the yard. But of course, we also have the white ones, the angel white, lavender lady, Pocahontas, um, and then we have the old-fashioned purples that are very traditional, which you can't go wrong Common with. Common lilacs. Mm -hmm. So, yep. So, yeah, if you're putting three or four in your yard, pick one of each and put them in. People do collect lilacs, mm -hmm. not quite like roses. A lilac is a lilac is a lilac, pretty much. Uh, but the flower color and mm -hmm. fragrance will Little change. Mm -hmm. The bloom dates will change a little bit, not a whole lot. They can generally bloom all within two, three weeks of each other. Mm -hmm. And then there, there are some dwarfed varieties, not very many, right. uh, not very many colors. 
you got a lot more color choice in the traditional larger mm-hmm. lilac. Yeah. And for Scythia, that's another one. So for Scythia, it has that beautiful bright yellow blossom early in the spring. Uh, it kind of almost announces yeah. spring. Yeah. Uh, it's just gorgeous. They don't really have, do they have? I don't think of them as a fragrant flower. It's pretty. It's so bright that you smell it and you think you smell something. (laughs) And it does have a slight hint. It's kind of like pansies. Pansies, they're not noted for their fragrance, but they Mm -hmm. do have this slight pansy fragrance to it. They're pretty. So the one that we bring in is Magical Gold, um, and it has a really big blossom on it. It just really stands out in that yard. We also have, which is, I think, really pretty, is the flowering almonds. Oh, we got some of those. I missed that. Yeah. Oh, we those do. are rare. Those are hard to find. They are. And so, so, so pretty when they're in bloom. They have that kind of double pink uh, blossom on them. Nice, you know, fits easily into most spaces. Probably, what, three by three, four by four, yeah, somewhere easy. in there. Super easy to keep down to mm-hmm. hip to chase chest high. Super easy. Right. Nice one to throw into the yard. Uh, we also have some Pieris in, which is also the Lily of the Valley shrub. So we have some, about three different ones in, and we have most of them get fairly big. But this year I saw we have, it's called Brookside, and it gets about three by three. Oh, so perfect. great to fit into those spaces. It does like a little more shade, a little more filtered light. It's not going to be happy out in that full blazing hot sun but the blossoms on those things if you truly remember the old-fashioned lily of the valley it's a a bulb but the way the blossom is on it yeah um, that's how they grow on that plant and it's just covered i'll take a look at that one that's neat yeah very very they do really well in containers so if you've got a north side patio or covered Mm -hmm. patio that's outside uh they are they're evergreen they're beautiful they have a very fragrant flower in spring no animals bother them javelina deer rabbits pack rats they leave them alone Mm -hmm. it's a great plant for just more like you were saying midsummer Mm -hmm. and get them out of that sun and that mid midday sun in summer they're going to thrive right um they have one called the flaming silver that one's variegated it has kind Ah. of a creamy and green leaf very pretty and then mountain fire and mountain fire the new as the new foliage emerges it's bright red absolutely striking so the foliage is bright red, mm-hmm. and the flowers are white or red? White. Pink. Gotcha. Yeah, there yep. is one that has a pink blossom. I think it's Gay, Gay Goblin has a Gay pink Goblin. blossom. That's an interesting name. Yeah. Yep. I don't know who made it Seems up. Seems festive. <laughs> yep. But that one has a pink flower to it. Yeah. Uh, we also got in our heaths. So yeah. uh, we got the pink heath in and the white heath. Pretty flower because it, it's blooming now. So if you want color in your yard yeah, right now, now. Yeah. This is the one to put in. And I believe, I'm not mistaken, very animal resistant. Yeah, very much. We've had it in Skull Valley. Elk and deer and everything roamed the backyard. Mm-hmm. They never bothered that. Right out there in full sun. Did great. Nice evergreen, t- small shrub or mm-hmm. big perennial. But right. it's evergreen. It's got this fern. It's actually hardier than ferns are. Oh, yeah. Uh, it takes more sun, takes more wind, takes more of Arizona. It just seems to thrive in our alkaline soil. It just does well. It looks great in containers or in the ground, either it has one. It very long bloom time, yeah. too, which is nice, especially in the... What's the difference between a heath and a heather? I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been researching that for years, and I just think they're both al- alpine plants that grow next to each yeah. other. They're the same. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to bloom times. Probably. When do they bloom? Yeah. 
We'll have to research that. We will have an answer for you next week. We might or might not. It depends on uh, (laughs) how much time I got to research stuff. We might forget. (laughs) We do. Heath and Heather. Heather. (laughs) Heather. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we also got in azaleas and rhododendrons, another nice shade plant. So if you're looking, and those always have really bright, dynamic colors. So you got to check those out too. Awesome. So, and it's, and it continues. So mm-hmm. we are starting to fill two acres of plants up and some of the first gar- first plants are always, it's like Christmas. It you is. open up those doors and you go, Oh, this is so exciting. We haven't seen this in eight months. This is great. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Great info. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the mountain gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. It's almost spring. Time to grow a pear. A pear tree, that is. Late winter is ideal for planting fruit trees. At Waters Garden Center has cherry-picked the hardiest, heaviest producing trees from our most trusted growers. From apples to apricots and persimmons to pears, the garden center is plumb full of varieties that thrive in our mountain soil. And we'll even plant them for you. We believe life is a bowl of cherries, so grow the best ones ever. From Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, and Pinion Pines. Pinion Pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade. It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean-style landscape. Go ahead, enjoy the buttery-rich pine nuts from your own backyard. You'll have plenty of nuts, and pine, our deer, and javelina proof. Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Let's talk fruit trees or edible plants. Just plant a landscape plant and have it produce some foods for you is actually relatively easy in the mountains of Arizona. It's very doable. We're kind of famous for a lot of our apples and pears and cherries and peaches and apricots and plums and blackberries and raspberries. It could go on and on. Figs, persimmons, they all grow here. And so you just have to make sure that you pair them upright, pollination, and have the right varieties as far as ones that bloom later in the season. So the big mistake I find many people make, well, I, I guess there's two. One, they, they buy a desert variety. Because we've got such a diverse state with so many growing zones, you'll find that folks will buy a desert or get tricked, duped into buying a desert type of peach. And it blooms in February. Or average frost isn't until the end of April or May, depending on where you're at. Well, now you're exposed. This flower or fruit is exposed to potential freezing for three months. What's the likelihood are you going to get fruit on that tree? I mean, zero. And so it's this beautiful tree, great fall color, pretty flowers, but it never fruits. I mean, you hear this constantly. That's because you bought the wrong variety of peach. You want one that blooms later. So we call them chilling hours. So in the evening... It gets cold, and for every hour, it's below 32 degrees freezing. 
Um, it's, it, these trees have a, have a clock in them. So they're tracking how many hours it's cold before they wake up. So the desert variety is going, I don't need much cold, just a little bit, and let's bloom, let's go, because we're out of this risk of frost. Well, up in the mountains, we want one. You might have 200 hours, uh, chilling hours. That's a desert variety. We'll have upwards to six, seven, eight hundred chillable hours in the mountains. It gets cold a long time. You need plants that wake up after six, seven, eight hundred of chilling, chilled nighttime hours before they start to bloom. That means they're not going to bloom in end of March, April, May. And so if I'm getting new folks coming in, well, I guess there were two things. One, that's a chillable hours. They're buying the wrong variety. A desert variety up in the mountains will thrive. It will look good, but it will never fruit. You need a mountain variety for the mountains. That's a big mistake. And the second one, uh, folks will buy a really young whip. They're going by price. So a whip is going to be uh, a, a tree that's maybe two, three years old. So it doesn't have much branch structure to it. And so they're wondering, it doesn't fruit. I've had this thing planted for three years. It hasn't fruited. What's going on? It's not old enough. Fruit trees typically have to be anywhere from five to seven years old, depending on the variety, before it will actually be old enough to set fruit. So you need to, if you want fruit this year, you better buy, I mean, most of our trees here at the garden center are at least 10, seven, 10 years old. They're all of fruiting age. We don't sell whips. We don't sell the, the folks that are shopping typically at garden centers are looking for not instant, but, but more mature trees so they can get fruit faster. So if you buy a real young one, it'll grow. It'll do well, but it might be three, four, five years before you actually have it old enough to start fruiting. Those are the two things. Sec, I guess, I guess there's a third thing, pollination. I mentioned that one earlier. You can't just plant one apple tree. It typically takes two. You need pollinators, and they can't be the same variety. You go Honeycrisp, but two Honeycrisps don't pollinate each other. It's got to be a Honeycrisp and a Fuji, or a Gala, or a Macintosh, or a, it's got to be a different variety. Go, go Granny Smith and, and, and Honey, Honeycrisp. They pollinate each other, but it takes two varieties. Some plants are like that. Apples typically are two. Pears are twos. Uh, cherries are pretty much twos. Most of the pitted fruits, so apricots, self-fruitful or self-pollinating. There's a, that's the same term. Those will both grow. One tree does everything on the same tree. Male, female blossoms are all in the same tree. Peaches are the same way. Uh, some plums, although all plums seem to do better if they've got two. Uh, nectarines, apricots, they're all single, self-fruitful. There's one or two cherries that will do it by themselves. But again, they do better if they got pears. A different Go Bing and Black Tartarian or Stella or Utah Giant uh, cherries, and they'll do better. So pollination, making sure that's where asking for professional help or really doing your research to make sure you get the right pears, not, not fruit, but the set of trees are put in the ground together. And then it doesn't matter where they go in the yard, anywhere, as long as it's line of sight. I wouldn't put a barn or a garden shed or, or a house between the two. But if, if you've got two, let's say, apple trees, and they're in the same front yard and there's not a bunch of things between them, bees will just go back and forth. They'll pollinate both trees just like it was nothing. So the bees are, so they can be 100, 200 yards apart as long as they're straight, 
straight line. Uh, I wouldn't put buildings between them. Does that make sense? So with that being said, when I have a new person coming into the garden center and they want to they plant an orchard, I'm going, well, that's good. How much space? Let's figure out the spacing. I'll go, let's start with apples and pears. The reason I recommend starting with those two types of fruits, specifically for mountain gardens, is that they're the varieties that bloom the very latest in the season. So you're most, it's, it's rare that we get a spring where we don't get apples and pears because they bloom the end of April, first part of May. We're typically out of that frost. From there, I'll recommend, let's go to peaches. That's the next thing, the next latest blooming variety of tree. Out of those, we can go with later, there's, there's a lot of peaches, so probably have a dozen varieties, but ranger and uh, what's a frost and snow, snow, uh, white, and I, I won't name them all. I've got too many varieties. I got all these names in my head. There's some that actually produce that bloom even later than out of all the peaches. Of course, Alberta is the number one seller. It's just that big, juicy peach. It just melts in your mouth. And it does do very, very well. It just blooms a couple weeks earlier than a ranger. Uh, or Reliance Peach. Those two are the latest blooming. So the, you get some of those variances. From there, you go to cherries. That's the next latest. Cherries. This is good cherry country. Then you go plums. And the very first fruit trees, ones that will start blooming here, I don't know. Every year is a little different. Usually around the first part of March, you'll have apricots and nectarines start to bloom. They're both self-fruitful. So you kind of want to plant in those rotations. Don't, don't commit all I care about are, are apricots and just plant you know five apricot trees out there and I can never get enough. I just love them. Well, if, if frost comes, that last freak storm comes in April and takes all your blossoms or those little tiny fruits that are forming, if they freeze, it doesn't, it doesn't affect the tree at all. It just takes the fruit off of that tree. And that'll be the real difference. I, I I think you should have a mixture, different varieties, and, and just mix it up. That's what an orchard should be. It's more fun that way. The interesting part's going to be you've got two caveats to fruit trees. One is cocktail trees. This is kind of freakish. This is like mad scientists in some back room creating new life that's never been not meant to be grown, but you can do it. And so they'll graft. Like I've got a tree out there. It's got plums, peaches, nectarines, and... Ah, something else, peach or something. It's four different kinds of fruit on the same tree. It's all done by grafting. So they'll take a cutting from here and graft it into the main trunk of this one. And now all of a sudden you're harvesting your plums. Then you'll come up with your peaches and they're all on the same tree. Kind of fun. They're called cocktail trees or grafted trees. I won't go into grafting. That gets too complicated. Anyway, the other one is dwarfed or genetically dwarfed trees. These are tiny. They only get up maybe chest high. They're, they're made for flower gardens or containers. They're very small. So you get a, a genetically dwarfed peach, let's say pixie peach. It has the same regular fruit. It looks like a regular old fruit. Uh, the, the fruit is not miniature, just the tree, the form is. So you get these great, big, beautiful peaches on this smaller tree. It's great for tight spaces, apartment dwellers. If you want something on the patio that's fun and pretty and cute and smells good, you can eat the fruit. That's where you plant those. I've really seen great accents. I guess you get one other form, espaliered. 
Espalier is they've created a two-dimensional, so you can put it up against a wall or down a fence line, and it just goes, it's just two-dimensional. It doesn't have the, it's got more of a scaffolding, like a ladder going up instead of a, a bush or a tree. Look, it's, this is one you kind of got to come in and walk the nursery and see all the different forms. It's just fun. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. I was talking fruit trees and varieties, and I didn't actually mention I could roll off 20 different names of different kinds of fruits, and you just wouldn't take it all in. This is one you probably come to the garden center and just walk through the, the tree racks. We're still organizing them, still coming through and making sure we sort them. Uh, then we'll sign them accordingly so you can actually see how do they grow here? What pollinator, what, what pollinator is best for this tree? Very specific. One I didn't mention, we just got in a bunch of, I think they were blackberries and raspberries. They grow really, really well now. I mean, up in the mountains, they're, they're fantastic. And they're typically will bloom after the spring starts. So we're out of this frost. You don't think in terms of frost with your berries or grapes. They wait until summer to really grow. And they typically don't need pollinators, mostly. Some raspberries, but mostly they're, they're self-fruitful. Same with grapes. Grapes do exceptionally well. Now, you folks from Northern California or grape country, the grapes will be a little bit smaller. They don't, they don't get as plump because of the dryness, but they are sweet as you could ever. They melt in your mouth. They just taste so good. I'll take the grandkids out. And we will just eat until we are sick of grapes. I mean, literally, I think they're just going to puke up sometimes because they're just so good. That's how, how you can grow grapes here. They just do fabulous. It takes us about 20, 24, 48 hours, but we do upload all of our inventory onto our website, and you can take a look at that. So I guess you don't have to come in, although not every single variety, most of them get on there, but it's a great resource where you can look online and actually see what's here at the garden center, the size, the price, the variety. We're trying to put all of that content on there so that you can now make a pick list or 
you could buy it right there online if you want to, although we're finding most folks are actually buying it and having their gardener pick it up. We saw that this week. In fact, someone just bought, <laughs> someone from the Carolinas got on the website, bought a bunch of manure, I think some fertilizer and stuff, and then paid for it and then had their gardener come pick it up. So we're seeing that kind of stuff, this hybrid, not pure online, but it's not in store. It's this hybridized thing. Uh, we're seeing that over and over, or we're seeing quite a few, they're creating the shopping list. So they're, they're going, I'll take that. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. But then they don't pay for the shopping cart online. They print it out and you bring it in going, I want this. Where, where, where are these? And they're coming in hand picking the different plants that they researched online. Take a look at those. So it's, uh, you can get to it two ways, top10plants.com. Yeah, there's more than 10, but the URL, that name was available. So I went, that's easy to remember, top 10 plants. I can remember, top the number 10 plants with an S, top 10 plants. You can look at it that way. Or watersgardencenter.com. There's a big shop button right on the front. It's hard to miss. You can check out the classes, the latest blog. We put everything on that. Top 10 plants is just the inventory. That's it. So architects, landscapers are checking it out. I think you as a homeowner could easily check that out and just research, do, do your homework. And we're putting the zone that it grows here. We're putting the description how it grows here. We're putting how much sun it needs, water needs here. Not, not, not the national tag. This is actually what really happens in the mountains of Arizona. It's meant to be a, an encyclopedia or a resource for, for us here in the mountains of Arizona. Well, Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, throughout the week, camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We do love talking to fans of the show. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to the Mountain Gardener. Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is, well, pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and orderless, so we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap. Tommy, what's going on? Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, and Pinion Pines. Pinion Pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade. It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean-style landscape. Go ahead, enjoy the buttery-rich pine nuts from your own backyard. You'll have plenty of nuts, and pine, our deer, and javelina proof. Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.